We are hosting the weekly Drink Like a Lady podcast, which teaches women on how to get a seat at the bar and how to get a seat in the boardroom. And joining me is business strategist Kathy DeChirico Stewart, who is my partner in crime as we bring these episodes to you weekly. Kathy, how's it going out there? It's good. I, it's good. We just got back from Vermont, a little vacation time, which helps to clear the head. Yes. Although, um, you know, when you clear the head, what happens is you come up with great new ideas. And that is something I thought about for our own audience is they've got to spend time, especially with everything going on, finding a way that they can clear the head to bring in great new ideas. Taking those breaks, even daily, I think is such an important piece of my own leadership. I actually start my day with 20 minutes of quiet time. Because it just yep. like helps you just get a hold of the day rather than the day driving you. Exactly. And I also, one of the things I just discussed with someone was not only do I start my day like that, um, I end my day like that. You know, being, how did it go? What am I grateful for? Mostly what I'm grateful for because I think amongst everything we can get lost in the problems and the challenges. Yeah, I actually have this productivity planner that I love, and it's from a productivity expert by the name of Brendan Bouchard. And in it, every night, I plan my day the next day, but I love that it asks me some really incisive questions, like, what are you excited about tomorrow? Um, what yes. is the primary feeling that you want to channel? And I don't know that we necessarily give those kinds of questions enough stock. Yes. And, you know, I just read something, and I, I get lots of emails, both business and motivational. And one of it says, when you wake up excited, you know, about your new day, you know, you can create so much more. And I even remember as a kid waking up, not, not being able to almost wait, wait to get out of bed and like, okay, what's next? What am I going to do? So yeah. um, that's an important point for all of our audience. There's a great book on this topic. It's written by uh, someone by the name of Hal Elrod, and he wrote The Miracle Morning. And he wrote it at a time when his life was probably at the bottom of the barrel. He'd been in a terrible, yeah. paralyzing accident. He was $400,000 in debt, and he created this morning ritual that he still observes, and many people observe, including myself today, so that you could wake up every morning feeling like it's Christmas morning, kind of like the way you described. Exactly. Exactly. It's a good start, that's for sure. Well, we are on episode four of our podcast, and in the first episode, we talked about the merits of the pivot as a leader. In episode two, we talked about empathy and having a human-first attitude as a leader. Episode three, we talked about building a leadership brand, and Kathy, today we're talking about taking that leadership brand and putting it into action. So we're sharing some key steps on how you can put that into action. Well, you know what's really important here is you can create your brand, but if you don't do anything with it, it, it doesn't really matter. And one of the most uh, important and key uh, opportunities is for people to notice what your brand is and then be able to say, I need to work with that woman. That, that person, you know, brings a lot of value based on their own personal brand. And you're consistent. You know, that's what brands are. They're, they're consistent. So we look to help you create that for yourselves in all of the um, individuals that we want to touch. Well, the number one way that we as leaders can put that brand into action is to really support and encourage other people to lead themselves. It's kind of like, exactly. don't, don't bring a man a fish, teach a man to fish. You are empowering them far beyond the scope of just giving them the fish. Well, you know, Joy, 
business is much more complex than it used to be. And we can be experts in a certain field, but we can't be experts at all of the functions of what is needed anymore for that complexity to run a business. So one of the things that I always, I have a very strong belief is I want to bring the best of the best into my team so that, you know, there's a pride that goes into where we're moving. And then how do I unleash that? We talked about unleashing their own brand and, and sharing that, that reflection of what they can do to bring something forward. Um, I had the uh, privilege of hearing Carla Harris, who is a, she's a motivational speaker, but she's a black woman. She has a very senior role at Morgan Stanley, and she's written a couple of books. And I, if I remember correctly, one of the books was called Expect to Win. But she advises young women as they're coming up in their jobs to not only consider the seat that you're about to occupy, but to really think about the trajectory of your career and what seats you plan to occupy three clicks down the line. And in order to be able to reach that goal, if that in fact is what a goal goal that you have, is when you need to start develop mentor-mentee relationships. Because that's going to really yeah. shed a spotlight on what capabilities you need to cultivate in order to be able to get that next job or to become that next leader? You know, one of the things I did when I was at the Wall Street Journal, uh, there was amazing, amazing people that I worked with there, and I still am friends with them, as, as I've discussed in the past. But I, not only did I do it for myself, what I did with my team, because I wanted them to be so successful, they were bright, they were young, they, they were ambitious, um, is I actually created a mentor-mentee program amongst all the functions of that. And what was so interesting for me was the mentor, when I approached them ahead of time, because I didn't want to just go out and assume that they would spend that time, they were like, me? You want me to help with your team? And I said, as long as they were so taken back by it. And yeah. it was hugely, hugely successful. So not only encouraging ourselves as our own uh, individuals, but if we have individuals underneath us that also need that encouragement. So this week, folks, on the Drink Like a Lady podcast, we're talking about putting your leadership brand into action. And the first point that we're talking about, Kathy and I, is to really support and encourage your direct reports to lead yeah. themselves and give them the tools to empower themselves to succeed. And culture truly starts from higher number one, as we all know. The second thing exactly. is to make bold requests. Have you ever made a bold request of any of your direct reports, Kathy? I actually did. I mean, we had a situation where we had to shut down a business, and that's not always a fun thing to do no. because, you know, we come into business to succeed, and um, a relationship was falling apart, a partnership, and we needed to get together. We had to figure out how we could do that and still maintain the brand of the company we were working for, and there was some, you know, bold requests of how do we do this? How do we do this in a very short period of time and, and bringing that to um, fruition? And we did it. It, it was amazing. And, and I can tell you, I can still feel the pride I had in the individuals who helped make that a, a success at the shutting down, which is, uh, you know, I always say failures are successes too. It teaches you a lot. But I'm curious, what was the bold request? What was the nature of it? Well, we had to, we found out, I got a call, I was on a trip um, up in Connecticut, and I get a call from one of the partners saying, uh, I need to see you like tomorrow, uh, today, and I was up doing another meeting with a major vendor, um, and he said, no, I have to see you, I'll come up and see you, and I said to myself, this is not good, mm -mm. this is not good, and we had just launched the business and, and all of that, so, and my 
I only had one of my um, 18 members with me. So I, I said, look, you know, I'll see you first thing in the morning. And we did. And um, within, you know, within six hours, we, I had to take it up, up the line. Uh, uh, as well and then I needed to get my teammates together in order to make that happen across many many functions they were able to do that in three days I had a private phone uh, on my desk so that if I needed to speak to um, any of those uh, clients that we called them that we can manage that and it was um, it was done once again with great pride and, and I don't think we really lost too much in terms of equity in the brand yeah I think one of the boldest requests I've ever made of my membership, well, I actually do this annually. I do an extreme sports challenge with my members. Ah. And it's a metaphor because I really want to push you so far out of your comfort zone that I want to see what else is possible for you, especially in yeah. business. So um, two years ago, I did a skydiving retreat where we pushed seven women out of a perfectly good plane. And um, I remember one gal, she's a real estate investor, and she she said to me, early in the day that I have always, my reflex reaction is to say no to everything and I want to change that. Mm -hmm. So I'm here today to do this extreme sports challenge that you've given to us because I want that no to become a yes. And what's been great to watch is that she's gone from basically managing 10 multifamily units in Buffalo, New York to 300 multifamily wow. units after that jump. And so there's some merit in making bold requests because you just don't know what you're capable of until you're pushed to that, those extreme limits. You know, I think that's interesting. I, I remember one person asking me to go to Napa. It's got to be 15, maybe more years ago. And I said, Napa? I said, why would I go to Napa? I don't drink that much. <laughs> you know, why would I spend the whole day? And I went, and I realized then and there, and I'm a, I'm a yes person. I, I, I've flown a prop jet, you know, a prop plane, not a jet. Uh, that was sort of my, my dream to do a jet. But um, I've done amazing things and traveled around the world. But this thing, like, why go to Napa? And once I did it, I realized that even the small no's are not good. Yeah. So often, um, just like yourself, it's, it's you know, and you're, what you're sharing with your constituencies is, yeah, sometimes you just got to look and say, why am I saying no? Yeah. You know, maybe I should just say yes and do it. Yeah. So I'm always curious to see when I do these annual sports challenges, I'm curious to see who turns up because that tells me volumes about who's, who's open-minded to the, you know, to, exactly. to saying yes. Exactly. Exactly. So this week we're talking about your leadership brand and putting it into action with your direct reports. And the first step, of course, is to support and encourage your direct reports to lead themselves. The second is to make bold requests of them. See how far you can push them outside of their comfort zone so they can discover what comes up for them. And Kathy, actually, before I leave that point, you had a, a survey that you've used for over 25 years in transforming a company into a powerhouse. Do you want to share that? Absolutely. You know, in reflection and getting ready for this, you know, and I still use it for my consultancy. I, um, I thought I got to, I have to figure out how to get to know each of the individuals that I'm going to be working with and, and what their mindset is. Not only what am I up against, because I'm very success driven. I, I very much want to accomplish things, uh, not only for myself, but for the company I'm working with. So I, I created this, I call it confidential internal survey, because there are um, instances where people don't want to share. And, and they don't want to share because they're afraid of their job. They're afraid of, of, you know, not being nice. You know, women, we're afraid we're not going to be nice. And in doing this, what, what actually happened is 
is it, it, I became very um, much in tune to what they wanted, how they saw things. Um, and then it also helped me see where, where there was resistance. Because if I needed, you know, a, a particular function and the lead of that group, it, it allowed me to say, okay, I'm, there's going to be resistance or I'm going to have to work harder in this area. What it also allowed the individuals to do is to share with me their vulnerabilities. And um, it, we created a trust right from the get-go. It is still a powerful tool. Um, I still, you know, when I do it as a consultant, I'll say to the owner, I'm going to work with your, your individuals, your employees. But... I may not share particular information, I'll share insights because I never want to, you know, um, get rid of that trust as well. The amazing thing is what comes out of this is how everybody is empowered, not only for themselves, but they look at things differently. Um, and I don't mean to be long-winded about this, but I think I've already told the story about um, when I was running an apparel company and I had one of the designers come in and her name is Kathy Chu and I'm sure she wouldn't mind my telling the story, but she was, a, she was in design. She was a horrible designer. <laughs> I knew that. She was, she was not good. You could just feel it. So when I asked her, I said, do you like what you do? It's she goes, no, I want to be in production. And Afterwards, an hour later, I said, before well, she leaves, I said, you're now in production. And she was like, I am? And I said, yes, number one production manager we had. Mm-hmm. Number one. I just let her loose, and she was amazing. So yeah. it's, a, it's a great tool. And it's a side note there that it's, it's important as part of being a leader is to really build your self-awareness, right? If you, you know what yes. you don't know, and, and if you don't have that sort of mechanism or that feedback mechanism where someone can see you in ways that you can't see yourself, you know, Maybe it's worth listening to, and you and it sounds yeah. like you did that. Um, so yeah. number three in uh, putting your leadership brand into action, and I'm going to remind folks who are watching here today, if you are, is that we're taking questions. Um, I'm monitoring the feed over here, so if you have a question to ask us, please do. But number three in putting your leadership brand into action is knowing your why. And if you don't know it, support folks in discovering it. And Kathy, I have to say, this is something that I probably do every single day. I, I'm, I'm that annoying voice that's like, well, what is your why? As you put up that social media post, why did you do it? What compels you to do what you do? You know, and we talk about this, you've got, in order to to move anything forward, you've got to create something exciting for people to buy into. You know, it can't be the same old, same old. They they want to contribute. People really do want to contribute. Um, And and they want to be heard and they want to be acknowledged. So having that why, here is the vision. Uh, I just worked on a project with someone and they, uh, it has to do with diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. which uh, is, you know, a prime uh, topic of of the day. And he says, he was a gentleman, and he said to me, here's what I want to write to individuals. And I went back and I rewrote it with the vision and why and the purpose. And he said, well, no, I really like mine better. And I said, okay. And I said, you do yours, I'll do mine. Uh, the result was I got five individuals who, who bought into the vision. And so once again, that's the why, because now they have a why as well. Um, right. And they can fit through. And then what is the change story? You, you mentioned this, but what is the change story when you're talking about your leadership brand and your why? The change story is, you know, where, we, where businesses are or were and what is, how is that going to look differently? Because people are very, you know, people, a lot of people, they don't like change. You know, the, the consistency, the routine, all of us have found that um, even going out of a routine has not felt very good in, in this environment. So you want to be able to, with 
and I, I call it, you, I believe leaders need to have somewhat of a vision of where they want to go and then engage the individuals, the executive leadership to help create. Um, what does that look like? You know, what does that change look like? And then reassert how much of importance it is to engage the individuals in that. So it doesn't become scary. It becomes almost like the challenge. When I worked at Macy's, um, we, we did a lot of amazing things. And I had one individual who I, I somewhat keep in touch with every once in a while. And she said, we never looked at anything as a problem. It was a challenge. And there was a lot of changes going on. So you want to create that comfort zone in terms of saying, it's okay, we're going to change, but come along with us and you're going to be okay. Right. Uh, I am now reading That'll Never Work, which is the build of the Netflix story written by Mark Randolph. Ah, okay. And so I'm at the, you know, I'm at the very beginning stages of reading that book. And I think he does a great job in the beginning of really talking about his why. He knew two things as they were talking, as him and Reed Hastings were talking about launching this company, that he wanted to launch something that was going to be on the Internet. And it, he wanted it to be something that he could have balance and be able to be there for his three kids. Those were his why. Ah. Wow. He also went on to say that it had to be something that people used again and again and again, but fundamentally the product didn't actually change. But it was something that people, you know, came back to revisit many times over. And, you know, it wasn't an overnight success story, but Netflix came about because of those three whys. And, and how interesting, once, once you set the parameters, the distinctions of where you want to go, all you're doing is really changing the, the dynamics of that, but it still fits within those components. So that's a what a, what a great reference um, as well. And I'm going to make sure I pick that book up as yeah. well. You're always challenging me. Well, we're doing that. a virtual book club, so if you want to be part of the conversation around that too, I'm picking a bunch of leadership books, and that's the next one in the series. Oh, please do. Include me. Um, somebody said, one of my speakers actually last week said that there aren't new problems. There's just new innovative ways to solve them. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that speaks to the why as well. You know, your why probably may not be original, and maybe that's why you're afraid to share it, but it doesn't mean that your unique viewpoint can't be additive to whatever the why is. Um, so this week, folks, we're talking about developing not only your leadership brand, but putting it into action. And so we, just to recap some of the points that we've shared today, myself and Kathy Tsherko-Stewart, is number one, to support and encourage people to lead themselves. Number two is to make bold requests. What can you do to really push people way out of their comfort zone? Number three, know your why and know your, your, you know, your direct reports of why. Have them do that exercise in discovering it. And if they can't, exactly. so help them in supporting to answer that question. And then the final point that we have here today is to develop partners versus good soldiers. And what does that mean, Kathy? Well, what it really means is that, you know, there is so much going on during the day that what you want to do is you want to make sure that those partners, those individuals are considered where they can make decisions in light of the fact that you may not be aware. And a lot of that has to be, you know, leveraging the purpose, leveraging, you know, what does it look like? What's good? What's bad? How, how do you work that? Good soldiers, what they do is, for instance, you know, um, oh, I'm sorry, I can't take that back because it's a rule rather than taking a look at the uniqueness of what that uh, customer complaint might be. Um, you know, I remember years ago, Zappos was 
one of the first companies that talked about how they empowered these partners um, at the employee level and how well they did. And um, that was you know many years ago, and so many individuals now do that. But soldiers only follow one rule where there are um, so many guidelines that partners will say, you know, once again, might be client first, um, it may be product first, whatever that may look like. So it's so important in today's uh, world. Yeah. And so I'm actually putting that into action because I'm launching so many different ways to engage my members. And so I launched a virtual cocktail and I launched a, a, you know, a virtual book club, but I also launched a writing group because I realized that I just wasn't reaching with some of my members, but I also knew that it was going to be unrealistic for me to be able to run all of these initiatives. So I'm now empowering some of my members to really take the lead on each of these little initiatives. So they now become partners with me and running some of the lady drinks initiatives as opposed to me just kind of being the person that's directing all the time. And it's wonderful because it's wonderful to see them kind of rise up in their leadership journey and take ownership of something that is really my baby, but to see them kind of take ownership of different facets of it's been really fulfilling. So your vision then becomes bigger, doesn't it? And your mission becomes bigger by giving um, that power to other individuals to help you get where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so your audience becomes bigger. It, it's wonderful. It's it's a great uh, dynamic for other people to follow. Well, I think it's important to meet people where they're at. And if like the buffet yes. of conversations that I'm offering still doesn't appeal to you, then I'm willing to create something else. But I may not necessarily be the one to run it. And that's that's right. that's more of an exercise in me and being able to let go. And I think that's an important thing for any leader, right? It's, it, may, it may be 80%. It may not be 100%, but that's okay. It's still getting done. Right. I mean, we only have so much time during the day. So if you're not empowering other people to take the lead on other projects, you're always going to um, minimize how much growth you're going to have. So in this day and age, you know, you isn't that growth? Isn't that where the value comes in and, and meeting more customers and clients, etc.? So doing that, you have to be able to encourage other people to take the lead. Yeah. Well, Kathy, we, I think we've done our 20 minutes today, so I'm going to wrap this up. For those of uh, anybody that wants to work with you or get in touch with you, what's the best recommended way? Well, you can... Um, you can email me at Stuart Kathy, S-T-U-A-R-T, Kathy, at Gmail. That's my um, my work personal. Uh, I was going to give you my bit, my work one, but that's a long one. So we'll you know, do that. And if you need to call me directly, call me on my cell phone. I'm happy to speak to anyone. 609-933-7600. And for those who are watching, you can always get a hold of me at info at ladydrinks.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and see what you think about you know some of the content that we're producing here and if you have some requests on what you would like for us to talk about as it relates to female leadership. So we'll be seeing you next week on Wednesday right around this time. Kathy and I will be joining you for the Drink Like a Lady podcast. Thank you. Have a good night.